Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service radio show, which is now in its 12th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8 p.m. on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web at www.3wbc.org.au. Here is a recorded interview, first played on the 4th of August 2017 by Ian Salick with Bronwyn Stevens, District Governor-elect of Rotary District 9800. Now it's my great pleasure to welcome to the program one of the nicest, hard-working and hands-on leaders of Rotary District 9800, District Governor-elect Bronwyn Stevens. Bronwyn will lead District 9800 in 2018-19. As I said at the start of the program, Bronwyn Stevens, a member of the Rotary Club of Melbourne South, is already a great asset to the district and has made her presence felt so very strongly through leading by example. With sheer dedicated hard work on both local community and international Rotary projects. That is simply why Bronwyn has been chosen by her peers to be District Governor in 2018-19. Bronwyn, a very warm welcome to the 94.1 FM 3WBC microphone. Ian, it's a great pleasure to be here with you. As uh, our regular listeners know, we'll be having two interview segments with Bronwyn. The first will be to get to know Bronwyn the person and gain some insights into her club in a small way uh, and other activities that she's involved with locally. Then in a second chat, we will ask Bronwyn to tell us about District 9800's activities and the preparation for her year as District Governor in 2018-19. Plus we're going to talk about the good things Bronwyn wants to achieve in her year for both the local community and the help she wants Rotary District 9800 to provide internationally. So Bronwyn, where were you born? Well Ian, uh, I was born a long, long time ago in Tasmania, would you believe? And even though I've lived in Melbourne since I was six years old, I think when you were born in Tasmania, you were always a Tassie girl. I was born on the northwest coast in Burnie, a small town near Wynyard, and most of my family are still there on the northwest coast. We were born in a farming community, and my grandparents grew potatoes, and every school holiday I went back and I stayed with my grandparents because when my parents moved here when I was six years old, they both worked full-time in Altona. And so in the school holidays, I went back to Tasmania. So I'm a Tassie girl. And it's a lovely place to be born and to live still. It's always colder in Tasmania, but I really love Tasmania. And I've spent some time in Strawn in Tasmania, oh. which is also a very beautiful spot. It sure is. And I used to travel down there for business as well. Fly into Burnie which is so accessible now from Melbourne, isn't it? It absolutely is. And was yours a large family, Bronwyn? Uh, my mum was one of 12 and my dad was one of six, so we Goodness had lots gracious. and lots of uh, aunties and uncles to love us and I've got lots of cousins, some of which I don't know. My goodness, do you have family reunions? Do you have uh, 
Do you go down and have big family reunions ever? I sometimes go down to Tassie. In fact, I'm down there in two weeks to see my uncle. Oh, how wonderful. And how many people will turn up for the family reunion? Uh, Less and less, but sometimes up to 50, and it's always a lot of fun. And Bronwyn, where did you go to school? Uh, Partly down there, or or was it all down there, all your school? Well, because we moved to Melbourne when I was six, uh, part of my schooling was in Altona, Altona West Primary School. And then we moved to Malvern because my parents strategically uh, engineered it for me to attend McRobinson Girls High School. So that's where I undertook most of my secondary schooling. And that was a wonderful opportunity for me because I think that's where I learnt some critical thinking. And I still remember um, the love I learned, uh, I had of learning through attending McRobinson Girls High. And, uh, and I was really thrilled to go to Port Melbourne um, President Changeover recently where some of the McRobb students presented what they're doing in their Interact Club and I was so, so pleased that Port Melbourne were able to charter an Interact Club at that school and I so wished that when I went to school there that I'd had the opportunity to have that adjunct to my schooling because what, what um, an opportunity to serve through Rotary those students are having. Um, I know you're based in, at the Rotary Club of Melbourne South, but just tell our listeners what Interact is. Well, Interact is an opportunity for students in secondary education to serve in a, in a Rotary sense. And a Rotary Club uh, helps the school charter that uh, that interact club and the students uh, are autonomous in their in their school club they're able to uh, form uh, the, the club and serve in whatever community and international um, activities they wish to they learn um, to to uh, have leadership opportunities to fundraise and to do their own projects. So it's a wonderful opportunity for them to serve their own communities under the mentorship and guidance of Rotarians and their teachers. Um, It just develops so many skills for them and a humanitarian spirit. How nice that you're still involved with the school that you went to and how nice that Interact, which is very much part of Rotary and your involvement is part of the Rotary family. Absolutely, it's so exciting. Well, Bronwyn, what did you do after you left school? Let's just go back a little and ask what you did when you'd finished at uh, MacRob High. Well, I wasn't quite sure what career I wanted to pursue. So in those early days of nursing, um, there was the opportunity to do a degree in applied science and then stream into either physiotherapy, occupational therapy or other applied science fields and uh, my parents advised me to to do that course and one of the opportunities was nursing. So I went into nursing and fell on my feet and it's been my career ever since and I've just loved being a nurse. I recently retired but uh, I was a nurse for some 30 odd years. And what hospitals did you work in, Bronwyn? Well, I started my career in cardiac nursing and then went to Queensland and did uh, five years on a remote island on Hamilton Island and that led me into accident and emergency nursing on the Gold Coast. Came back to Melbourne and uh, Mark and I... Um, and Mark met. is your husband. Mark is, is my also husband. in Rotary. He's also in Rotary and 
Many of uh, your listeners will know him as former District Secretary for district, past District Governor Julie Mason and now his District Grants Foundation Grants Coordinator, Mark Stevens. And Mark and I um, had the last 12 years owning and operating a freestanding day hospital and Mark's a gastroenterologist. So that's how I ended my nursing career. But you've been very busy in life. I like the idea of you doing nursing up on the Gold Coast. Not a bad area to do nursing if you must do nursing. What a lovely area to do it in. It was very enjoyable. That's yes. right. And I suppose your leisure time was enjoyable up there. At least the weather was warm, warmer than down here in Melbourne currently. I developed a love of scuba diving um, in Queensland on Hamilton Island. I became a very keen scuba diver and uh, that's been my passion in recreation. Um, I, I guess probably had about 500 dives in, in my life and underwater world is as much interesting as the um, above water world for me. <laughs> How wonderful <laughs> and to be at Hamilton Island, I didn't even know there was a, uh, a, a hospital on Hamilton Island. Um, it's a small clinic, there's a single GP and uh, he and I were on 24 hour call um, and I guess we kept us pretty busy with all of those tourists. They were building the Twin Towers on Hamilton Island while we were there and we had hundreds of construction workers all uh, injuring themselves in many and different ways so uh, it was a busy time on Hamilton Island for us. And what then motivated you Bronwyn to join Rotary? What was your key motivation in joining Rotary? When did you join by the way? When did you become involved in Rotary initially? Mark and I were busy with the hospital and my dad was a Rotarian with Melbourne South and I was seeing the wonderful work that was happening in that club. He and Joan Daniels, my I guess Rotary mentor at that time were doing such incredible things in the area of youth, community and international service and I was a bystander but sometimes my dad and my mum who was also a Rotarian would ask Mark and I to volunteer and we were engaged on Australia Day when um, Government House would open up the grounds for Melbourne South to do fundraising and provide all the catering on that day. We'd hop in and help. Also the Wheat Bix Triathlon event at Albert Park we'd get involved on that day Sometimes they'd ask us for help and I saw Rotary as a, a selfless um, opportunity for service, was so admiring what, of what was happening. So when I had a little bit of time, I thought, now this is the way that I want to engage my humanitarian self. So I asked my dad to introduce me to the club. Took me along to a few meetings. He also took me along to some other clubs but I felt that Melbourne South was my home because I knew the members there. So when it was time for me to become a Rotarian, that's where I asked to be inducted in 2008. So you've been a member for a few years now a and years. Uh, on your journey uh, to where you are now as District Governor-elect, what roles did you have in that club? Well, it was, it was quite funny, Ian, because uh, as I think it's apparent, I've been um, almost a member of Melbourne South long before they inducted me as a member. I uh, felt like Melbourne South was my home and I knew a lot of the members there. 
and in 2008 my dad was actually president of the club and past district governor Jim Studebaker inducted me and that was such an honour for me to be inducted by him. I went then to Launceston to the conference um, which was just a revelation to see what the wider world of Rotary was doing in our district and all of the wonderful programs and the very next month in our club the board sat me down and said now Bronwyn we've seen you in action and we like um, the way that you operate and we have trust in the district leadership training and we'll all help you so will you be the next president of our club <laughs> and I just about burst into tears in their confidence oh, in me and so um, at the next change over my dad inducted me as the next How president wonderful. of our club. wonderful. That's a rarity in Rotary, isn't it? <laughs> well, they think that it's probably the only time that it's happened in our, at least our district and perhaps in Australia. There's often talk about the family of Rotary, but that's taking it to its utmost degree, it, isn't it? <laughs> it, was, quite, it was quite lovely and, uh, and I was so honoured. So I went from a new member to immediate president. So I went to... Rotary Leadership Institute that year to president-elect training. So I didn't spend a lot of time in the club in committees. A I very fast learning curve, but a fast uh, a participation curve really, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, with my Rotary mentors guiding me all the way. And uh, you were also involved in chartering this McRobertson High Interact Club. No, no, Ian. I wasn't involved in chartering that. That was Port Melbourne Rotary Club. And Jerry um, Charles, who was um, president at the same time as I was in 2009 in our cluster, um, actually was involved in chartering that. She was, well, she was teacher of Montague Continuing Education Centre in South Melbourne. She and Joan Robertson and I were all presidents at the same time in our cluster and became very firm friends through being presidents together. And I think that's a, a lovely, lovely thing about Rotary, as you and I both know, are the friends you make along the way outside of your club. And through our cluster meetings, Jerry, Joan and I have continued our friendship and it's been just lovely experiencing Jerry um, chartering that Interact Club at the school that I went to and experiencing that presentation at Port Melbourne Rotary Club knowing that, um, that she went to charter it. It must have been such a nice thing to go back to your school when that Interact Club was chartered and be there on that first, uh, first day know, that it happened. Knowing that it happened. Yes, wonderful. How, how wonderful. Mm. We were talking about uh, Cambodia and uh, your interest in Cambodia Tell us, please, a little bit more about your involvement there. Thanks, Ian. When uh, I was immediate past president of my club, we had a program running in our club taking students and others to Cambodia and also Nepal on humanitarian travel trips. And Lena Kondos was the woman doing those tours. And she was unable to do a tour and she asked me to lead it for her. It was a student tour. And I accepted that challenge and on the last day of the tour the students were going to the markets in Phnom Penh to do their final shopping and the tour leader, Ritty, 
asked if he could take me to a remote village because he'd discovered this village on a, a previous work uh, time and he'd seen people who were in trouble there and he didn't know how to get help for them. The teachers on the student tour didn't need me to take the students to the market so they freed me up and Richie took me two hours down the road to an, a remote area in Kampong Spur province introduced me to people who were starving and dying from unsafe water and lack of crops. I hadn't ever imagined that people could live in such a situation and it touched my heart and I came back a changed person I guess and that was a defining moment in my rotary journey and it mobilised me to action and fortunately for me I was in a club of people who were willing to support me and I was in a district of, of Rotarians who were also willing to support me and that became a journey of six years of helping those world citizens who were unable to help themselves. So through Rotary Foundation grants where Rotary funds are available to match money that we raise and good planning and listening to what people in Cambodia need for themselves and enabling them, it's transformed that community of 800 people into self-sustaining community where they're able to grow their own crops, they now have safe water and now they have a school where the children who were illiterate are being educated. That's also extended throughout three other provinces in Cambodia and it's all through the dedicated hard work of Ritty who I need to acknowledge in this story because he is the linchpin in this project. I think Ian it's important not to focus entirely on Cambodia because I know that this story is replicated in so many other developing countries and my story is only my story and everywhere I go in this journey I hear stories of other Rotarians and last night I was at the Rotary Club of Werribee and I heard Laurie's story and Laurie's story is of the Philippines and Thailand and she's doing similar work over there in, in those countries in women's refuges and she was telling me of a 12 year old pregnant girl who's been raped by a despicable person and is being left in an intolerable situation and she's doing what she can to help in that situation and I know that there's stories like this all over developing countries so we do what we can and we have these life defining moments and it's just fantastic that Rotarians help other Rotarians to make the world a better place. That's beautifully said Bronwyn, you obviously have a special interest in Cambodia but recognise very clearly that the world is not always as good as it should be and uh, I know that when you ascend to your role as District Governor you'll be very very uh, unilateral in terms of how you look at all these projects that Rotary looks after around the world, the Philippines, Thailand, Cambodia and, and uh, in Africa as well and anywhere that Rotary operates we are a, basically a very good group of people that look after other people. Bronwyn, the name of that Cambodian project, just mention it please, would you? 
it's World of Difference. Right. Making a Difference in 2017-18 under the stewardship of Rob Hines. And Rob Hines is with Central Melbourne Club. He's the chair of that district managed project. It's a, it's a project that has a lot of different aspects to it. Its underlying charter is humanitarian travel um, to developing countries because through that humanitarian travel we see the needs of what's happening in the country and enable the, the people in the developing country to undertake their own agricultural, safe water, educational programs and through our humanitarian travel, I guess, fund that. Right. Eyes are open now. Eyes are opened and we make a world of difference, but, the, but funding and projects come out of that awareness and projects are spinning off all the time. As I said, that school is built in Kampong Spur. There's an enormous safe water project happening in... Um, now, Paul Rake from Chadston East Malvern will shoot me for not saying this word, this, this community's name project um, properly. Snardecho, Paul. How's that said? Very good. Um, it's a, it's a, 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 a community 40 kilometres out of Siem Reap where people were, were relocated because they're handicapped and they have no way of looking after themselves because of their disabilities. So um, people from... Australia are funding their safe water and agricultural programs and Ritty's overseeing that. Brighton are doing a project further out in Anlong Way, all under the, the guidance of the Rotary Foundation, Brighton Rotary Club and Ritty's project managing it. So it's just an enormous enabling experience. Rob Hines chairing it, projects in Laos, schools are being built amazing. It's wonderful work and Cambodia is such a needy country. I know for instance that there's a lot of unexploded landmines still around in Cambodia uh, isn't there? I mean there's so much so much need for various areas of project uh, to be to be done in Cambodia isn't there really? Um, there's estimated six million unexploded landmines still there and Laos is in the same situation so many countries in, in this area of need. It's so pleasing to hear what Rotary does for them and uh, you work and worked so hard as part of that initial program which I know you've now handed over to some degree to, to Rob Hines but your initial work in that area has brought some real benefits to, to Cambodia and Rotary has uh, I know uh, benefited from, and Rotarians that have visited have benefited from that experience. They've learned that this world needs help. Bronwyn, you're moving slowly towards, uh, well faster I suppose because you're now District Governor-elect, you're moving towards your role next year in 1819, 2018-19 as District Governor. Please uh, talk about the work and the preparation that you're doing and have been doing last year as district governor nominee the preparation that you've been doing to uh, achieve this role next year the lovely thing ian about rotary is that clubs are autonomous and everything that happens in district are club members who decide to extend themselves to support other clubs in a wider frame so I was invited after 
a little time away from being club president to support other clubs as what's known as an assistant governor. So that's moving a little bit outside of your club to share with other clubs little things that you've learnt along the way. And there's a training program, well when I say a training program, it's a leadership development program that's facilitated when you move into that role and you learn a little bit more about what's happening in the wider world of Rotary and you get the opportunity to share that with other clubs, with perhaps newer people who are taking on the role of president. So I was able to have that um, honour to help other clubs for three years in the Stonington cluster with five clubs. And then I was invited to serve as community services for a year. And that was an exciting opportunity because there's many programs in community service that have extended beyond the clubs. And what happens there is when programs have developed within a club for some time, they may be wanting to move and promote themselves for other clubs to take advantage of and use in their clubs. So for example, there's a little dance program for children who have either mental or physical disabilities where for an hour at between 4 and 5 p.m. they come to a central place and Rotarians move to music with them and have enormous fun. And that gives the children between 6 and 16 years of age an opportunity to have a wonderful time but it also gives their carers or parents a chance to go away and do some shopping or have a chance to have a chat and have a coffee and make new friends. And it's having some real spin-off effects of the children meeting some new goals and in fact after a while in the program the children are finding they're extending themselves and unexpected benefits are coming out of this program. So it became a program of the Chadston East Malvern Club and they decided that they wanted to share this with other clubs. And now I think that there's 10 clubs in our district all doing this dance program called Busy Feet. And it's been so wildly successful that clubs outside our district are doing Busy Feet. And so as it's a community service project and it's a district endorsed project, it may become further than that. So there's many programs in community service, such as Busy Feet, that the community services supports, promotes and assists. And there's roles on district in all of these avenues of service, such as donations in kind in international service. Now Donations in Kind is a wonderful hub of activity that's in a huge warehouse and they have all sorts of things that all of our clubs can come and use for their projects, for their international service projects such as beds to go to hospitals in developing countries, such as desks and chairs to go to schools in developing countries, but also things to go to local community projects they have walk wheelchairs, they have walking frames, they have mobility aids, all sorts of things that the district nurses and occupational therapists can come 
and take to people who can't afford their own mobility aids and it's just free for any Rotary Club to come and take. So Donations in Kind is such a wonderful resource. There's ROCAN, that's a, a, a program that was started by a Rotarian in the Rotary Club of Williamstown and she's a dynamo, Yvonne Moon. She lost a, a dear friend to ovarian cancer and that set her on a course to raise funds for ovarian cancer research and she's gone on to raise so many hundreds of thousands of dollars and she's wanting to build a wellness centre and she's campaigning tirelessly for that endeavour. That's a, that's a project of community service. Violence Free Families started as a, a Rotary Club of Brighton project. It's an online program for, for men to do in the privacy of their own homes it's a, an online course being Monash University are actually able to, I'm bat battling for the, for the words here Ian, but, but they've done research and finding that it's actually so successful in the way that this program is changing men's behaviour when they're doing, do, going through this module, changing their behaviour in their, in their attitude to domestic violence that it that they find in terms of behavioural change. It is. Yes, it it's is. behavioural change. That's what they're aiming to do by doing it online, especially in the country areas. That's too. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's quite unique. It, it, it is. It's a it's a, a wonderful program, and it's it's been especially developed to help them. Uh, I don't know the specific way that they do it in terms of the training, but it's certainly an online program, and I know a lot of Rotarians are involved in it and have been uh, trained to do it. And it's gone beyond the club, it's gone beyond district and it's actually Australia-wide. Yes, yes, very it's much so. It's an amazing program. But Rotary has embraced that. Uh, or Rotary started it. Yes, uh, and has embraced it fully and that's the typical sort of things that Rotary can do locally. And we were talking a little, a little while ago about the international involvement of Rotary Here's a typical example of a, a very local project. Uh, unfortunately, it's the sort of thing that happens worldwide as well, but it's a very local project that Rotary is fully involved in. Uh, and I think it's absolutely marvellous. And you might like to also mention Australian Rotary Health and the involvement of Rotary in that well, in that's our district. An, that's just another amazing program where clubs can nominate a program that they would like researched they can sponsor a research fellow or research candidate and they can put in an, a certain amount of money. Australian Rotary Health will match that money and the Research Institute will also match that money. So their money is tripled and I know it's near and dear to my heart because when my mother died of pancreatic cancer 11 years ago, we wanted something in, uh, very special in her memory and we wanted it to be a lasting um, legacy and we did exactly that, the Esme Harris um, Fellowship and we had bowel cancer research through the Australian Rotary Health and um, uh, Justine uh, actually was able to have a PhD study opportunity and our donation was tripled through Australian Rotary Health but they do so much in the aspect of mental health research which is so important at this time 
and that this place in our Australian society, mental health research is so very important. Another um, very important program in mental health is being done through Brighton Rotary too. You're really right across this and this has come about because you're, as I said earlier, moving towards your key role next year. Um, you've had great training, of course, uh, as you've gone through, not only just over the years you've been in Rotary, but especially in terms of coming into this role. Uh, they have a special group of past governors, don't they, uh, that are involved in, in uh, your training because it is a very time-consuming, detailed role that you get involved with. The training is good though, isn't it? The training is phenomenal, but the mentoring, the embracing and the, and the continuity of the, what they call the G-train is something very special in Rotary. Everybody around you is there to help you succeed in supporting the clubs and that is all that the role is about. It is all about helping the clubs do their humanitarian project work and succeed with that endeavour. There is nothing about ego or leadership in those terms. It is truly a support role for the clubs and it is a succession role. So Murray Verso, Julie Mason, Neville John, Peter Frew, myself and Grant Hocking are all in a succession transition movement working seamlessly. The succession plan in Rotary, many companies would give their eye teeth uh, to be part of because it is done so very professionally, so very well. Yes, yeah. from the whole of Australia the past district governors right through to the district governor elect designate had a wrong terminology statement there are all working harmoniously with complete goodwill for the good of the world. So it continues in the wonderful way that it does uh, and you uh, will next year before uh, you become district governor you will go over to the United States for a very major uh, induction, so to speak, in, uh, in uh, America? I met um, the world president in 2018-19, Sam Awar, who is from Uganda. When I was in the, at the World Convention in Atlanta a month ago, and he told his Rotary story and why he became a Rotarian. And that was because in Uganda he was on the side of a road, he saw a lady being mauled by a hyena and he didn't know how to help her. And he picked her up and he was walking down the road with her helplessly and a Rotarian helped him and nursed this woman back what to good health. What an amazing story. And that was his Rotary journey and he became a Rotarian, he became president of his club, he was very successful in membership campaign. The most humble man, our next world president. After in, your, Ian, in your year? Yes, after Ian Risley, who is an Australian world president in 2017-18. So I'm very, very excited and very optimistic. 
about the years ahead. Rotary is a wonderful organisation and can you tell us how people can go about joining a Rotary Club? I'd suggest Ian if, um, if people get onto the internet and just Google Rotary and the suburb that they live in, they'll find a Rotary Club very close to them and they can just make a phone call, send an email and they will find someone very, very friendly at the other end of the telephone or the email to welcome them. And there's a lot of Rotary Clubs to choose from because the Rotary Club may have a breakfast meeting, a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting. Absolutely. And depending upon your circumstances, you can opt for one of those, can't you? A club near you that can, can actually facilitate what you wish to attend uh, in terms of your time. If you're working, sometimes it's easier to go to a to a, a dinner a dinner meeting isn't it there's plenty of choice there is well Bronwyn thank you so very much for talking to us on the Rotary and Community Service radio show it's been a pleasure Ian thank you for having me it's been really good to hear your story and good news story that it is the work you personally do and the district does and will continue to do this year and next year under your governorship provides a really wonderful assistance in the local community and internationally. We've heard some of that this evening. It's very much in line with Rotary's annual theme in this Rotary year, Rotary Making a Difference, which teams very, very nicely with our overarching motto, Service Above Self. Thank you, Bronwyn. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. Podcasts can be found on iTunes by searching for Rotary Radio, then scrolling to Doing Good in Victoria.